Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Overnight Success Podcast, brought to you by Maria Hatsi Stefanis. Maria is the founder of Rodial and Nip and Fab, best-selling author, and on a mission to help you achieve your dreams. Maria's highly anticipated third book, How to Live Your Best Life, is now available on Amazon. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Overnight Success Podcast. Hello, Liv. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Maria. How are you? Very well. Excellent. And today we're going to be talking about switching off, which is something that we all struggle to do, even if you're one of those people who refuses to engage in technology, in which case you're probably not really listening to this, but never mind. Uh, taking a break from screen time and also anything else that stresses you out is really important. So that's what we're kind of talking about today, because in terms of success, that's a very important thing too, isn't it? Like switching off, removing yourself, that kind of thing. Um, and Maria, you were saying something interesting the other day about something that happened to you when you were in the gym. Mm. Can you tell everyone else about that? Yeah. So I was at Barry's Bootcamp the other day. I always do the double floor, which is you have a bench and you work on your bench throughout the class. And then next to me, there was this woman. She had her phone on the bench. And every few seconds, it was popping up with light and she was getting all sorts of notifications. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to ignore this, focus on my weights, fo- focus on my bench. And that kept on happening for five minutes to mm-hmm. the point that I could not focus on what I was doing. I was just looking at that phone. So I turned to her and said, I'm really sorry to be doing this, but are you OK to turn your phone upside down? Because that light that's coming up, it's really distracting. And, you know, uh, Barry's is very dark. Mm-hmm. So it's a very dark room and any peck of light, it's, it's really very distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah, she wasn't that happy, but she turned it upside down or, or moved it away. But anyway, I, I, we finished the class and um, I, it, it was okay. You know, the, the phone wasn't popping with messages. And at the end of the class, I had two people come to me and say, thank you for getting this woman to turn her phone upside down because this was those notifications were distracting us as well. So, you know, that made me think that there's times that you want to switch off and it wasn't just me. There were a couple of other people who go to the gym and and this is their time to really focus on what they do and not care about their phone or what is happening, you know, everywhere else. So, yeah, that was an interesting it's a hard one, isn't it? I think you're right. Like, you shouldn't have your phone in the gym. Like, no way. And also, I think seeing 
I hate it in the cinema so much. Even mm. someone like checking the time on their phone, because once you see that blue light, everything is just like ru- like the headspace you were in is just kind of like ruined. Um, and also, I feel like when I see someone else's phone getting those notifications, it stresses me out because it mm. reminds me that I probably got those notifications and I should probably look at my phone. I kind of want to check my own and like sometimes you're just trying not to check your phone so much that you just don't need that yeah so i'm totally with you uh i've actually got like my pet peeve is like going for a drink with a friend or going for dinner and they have their phone like screen up on the mm. table and it's just like going off and whenever we're having a conversation their eyes just keep going back to it and it's like what are you doing mm. and i can't really be like put that away well, I can, but I don't, I don't want to be rude. But they should just know, like, not to do it. It's terribly rude. Like, it's kind of like a crazy thing to do. I mean, I remember when when Soho House, like, first was, like, around and Shoreditch House yeah. and stuff. And my sister took me there when I was, like, a teenager. And I was like, this is so mm. cool. And she was like, you can't use phones in here. And I was like, wow. And it was just quite, like, a big deal. But now that rule seems to have kind of gone out the window. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to implement something like that. It's something you can do over the weekend. I find that when my office is closed on the weekend, you know, there's not much happening in terms of emails that I'm interested in. So over the weekend, I can put my phone away and not check it as often. Yeah. But then if I have a business lunch and I go to Soho House during the week and I know my team will be emailing me and wanting to check a bunch of things with me and I don't want to delay any projects by not answering ASAP so I would want my phone to be able to answer quickly yeah so you know I guess there's times that you can leave your phone aside. But during the week, especially when you're out and about during business hours, it's really hard to say, now I'm going to switch off. Yeah, totally. It is tricky. But are there any situations where you're just like, phones should not come into this? Do you ever just put your phone like in a box somewhere? No. <laughs> um, I think it's more to do with social media because when it comes to email... I need to be able to be reachable at all days and times for my team just Mm -hmm. to check on things. I mean, let's say I get an email after hours. If it's something very urgent that my team in the U.S. needs an immediate answer, I will, of course, respond. But if it's an email that it's for my information and it's not that urgent, I will wait and respond to it the next day. But I always need to keep an eye on what's going on. And Mm. then in terms of boundaries, it's for me to decide, is this something urgent that I need to engage in this conversation after hours or over the weekend? Or for everyone's benefit, let's just deal with this first thing in the morning. Yeah. So we don't get to engage each other in conversations that it, it doesn't help whether you do it, you know, eight, nine, 10 in the evening. You could be having the same conversation in the morning. Yeah, exactly. So true. Do you te- do you check your phone all the time? You don't seem to. I do check it. I have to say there was a time when I first went on social media and I started with Twitter, then Instagram. And there was a time that I was really obsessed with it. And my husband would complain all the time. I would be in the car with a family or I would be having a family meal and I would be on my Instagram all the time to check what was going on. 
I am much better now. Yeah. I'm much better. I don't have this obsession anymore. There are times that I check it, but it's all very controlled. You know, going back to your question, if there's times that I I put the phone away, I don't put the phone away, but I may decide to be off social media for a day or two. Mm. That's something I do because there's so much information that we digest every day. And sometimes it's like, I'm done. I don't need any new information. Yeah. And I only need to deal with the most important things in my life right now. And Instagram is not one of them. Yeah, that's a really good attitude to have. I think everyone who has it kind of struggles with it a bit. And when I was researching for this podcast, I read this really scary quote, which was according to the Deloitte Mobile Consumer Survey in 2017, 35% of us check our phone within five minutes of waking up in the morning. And 70% of us use phones during mealtimes with family and friends, which I just found really, really sad. There's nothing worse than like going to a restaurant and seeing a family like all sitting around at a table and they're all on their phones. And I see that more and more these days and it just like freaks me out. Um, I also read this thing on the New York Post that says that Americans check their phones on average 80 times a day. Hmm. But it said that us Brits check their phones 28 times a day. Oh, okay. But I think I check mine more like 80. Uh- <laughs> I check my phone all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm addicted completely. I, I kind of, it does kind of piss me off how like addicted I am. Sometimes I'll just close Instagram and then open it again like one second later because it's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, apart from emails, you don't spend too much time on your phone each day. You know, I don't. And it, it goes back to when I first started with social media and Instagram. It was getting a little bit too much. And... I just realized, especially after I wrote my first book, that it's very important to decide what you feed your brain. And if Instagram and social media is all you feed your brain with, you know, there's not a lot that you're going to gain from that. Yeah. Um, And I've started being a little bit more mindful and saying rather than just spend an hour on Instagram, I'd much rather read the book. Mm-hmm. Or watch a movie. Or even a magazine's better. Or, you know a, what I mean? or a magazine. Like, yeah, just reading anything's magazine. Anything's better. <laughs> anything's better. And it's how being on Instagram and checking the perfect life of the 500 people that I follow, how is that going to help me? I mean, sometimes I do go, I, don't take me wrong, I go on Instagram and I feel super inspired and I'm researching new fashion ideas and product ideas. That's using it correctly, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's like going to it for a service rather than going to it for no reason. Yeah. It's much better. But if you, let's say, oh, I'm bored, let me go on Instagram and see what is going on. And two hours later, you're still there. You've just wasted two hours. Like, pick up a book, listen to a podcast. Recently, I've been very mindful of actually thinking of the idea of feeding my brain, something Mm. that's going to grow me in any way to be a better person, to achieve my goals. Yeah, just develop me in a way that Instagram and social media will not. I hope that, I think, well, it feels like a lot of people are kind of catching on to to that kind of way of thinking. For instance, there was this um, article I was reading about people who are embracing like sort of like a digital detox. And interestingly, Selena Gomez, who is the most popular person on Instagram with 103 million followers, she recently just took 90 days off, which I think is a really good amount of time. 90 days is mm. enough time just to kind of clear your head, but then kind of knowing that you're going to come back to it eventually. So she can't just leave it forever. I mean, you can't just be the most followed person and just leave yeah. it. well you can but it's yeah. crazy um but there was an interview with her um in this magazine called thrive 
where she opened up about her social media sabbatical and she said, I recently took 90 days off. It was the most refreshing, calming, rejuvenating feeling. Now I rarely pick up my phone and only limited people have access to me. And then that's kind of like a nice thing. She's kind of like just having that 90 days Mm. has completely given her a totally new perspective on this thing. Because imagine the pressure as well of having like 100 million followers. She must like, I mean, do you even start looking at the comments? Do you look at the instant messages? Do you delve into that? I mean, I kind of feel sorry for her, but. Well, Taylor Swift, there was a time that she switched off all the commenting. Yeah. And and it may still be the case. Um, Because it was getting too mean and stuff. They were getting too mean, but a lot of of her fans went out there and said, oh, you know, should switch them on because, you know, we really like to communicate with you and you're turning us away. So I guess it's a double-edged sword. As a a celebrity, they don't want to read any negative comments, but at the same time, the fans just need that interaction. I know, and it's so nice when you get, like, thousands of, of, like, fan comments, like, we love you, we love you. Yeah. Um, But I feel like often celebrities just do come back to it or they do it as sort of like an announcement, like, I'm leaving this, I'm too good for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always come crawling back. Yeah, they always (laughs) come back. I mean, you know, it's interesting coming from the point of view of a brand whenever we are looking to work with a celebrity we always check their social media profile and i am shocked to this day that there are celebrities that do not have social media accounts and yeah you know maybe they they have they have a reason for doing so but if you want to do brand deals and if you want to be commercial you just have to have that presence or else you're gonna be missing on some great deals out there yeah unfortunately that's that you just have to be part of that game i guess unless you're so famous that you genuinely don't need it but yeah. then for instance someone like george clooney like does he if he didn't have it would that matter i suppose it would because then he might not get those really cool like coffee advert deals <laughs> <laughs> but you're right like i i feel like i can't not have it because of work i feel like yeah. i often find new people I want to work with and they find me through Instagram so I kind of I can't just let it go but I think I could definitely teach myself to use it a bit like you do like go to it for half an hour a day yeah and like get some inspiration write some stuff down do your messages and then get off it yeah that's what I need to teach myself I feel that's a, a bit easier to do than say I am going to disappear for yeah for a month I mean it's kind of funny there's a, a bunch of bloggers out there and some of them would say oh, I'm taking um, a week off Instagram, love you. And I'm like, girl, we're going to survive. It's okay. (laughs) Don't make a big announcement. It's okay. We're going to survive without your, um, (laughs) you know, outfits of the day for a week. It's okay. (laughs) Chill. So So true. So true. So I was kind of recently started taking a few steps into doing my own cutbacks because I was feeling a bit, anxious from using my phone all the time and I felt like I was just just doing it for like literally no reason so I've actually got a few tips from mm, my own experience I'd the last few weeks them. Mm. um a girl called Emma who works at Dazed um digital she wrote this really cool article uh, about kind of switching off and she just said that she started carrying around a book in her bag so that whenever she was like waiting for a bus or she was sitting on the tube or she was waiting for an uber or in an uber or like any kind of place where you would go on instagram you've got a book and Mm. i think that i basically started doing that and i i first started carrying around books that i should be reading like 
kind of these really great old like George Orwell books and stuff that I was like, oh, I should probably read those. But actually that doesn't work. You need some like trash in mm. your bag. You need like a hmm. really good like thriller or some kind of like girly, um, just like fun novel. Hmm. So you can pick it up and you kind of, you're looking forward to like picking it up because it's just fun, you know? So that's kind of changed everything or just having like a really good magazine in your bag. Mm. That made a huge difference for me. Um, and I think that, you know, it just kind of, at least you're feeding your brain with something mm. well-written rather than just mindless scrolling. Now, and... I know that you have a little bit of an addiction to Candy Crush. <laughs> Tell me about it because my, my husband has it. I don't play that game, but um, you know, I, I've seen my husband and a few other people on it. What is it with, with that game? Why are you and other people addicted to it? It has been like seven years of addiction. I basically, I used to play a game when I was younger called Bejeweled on a computer, which is a similar game. So when I saw it on an iPhone, when I first got my iPhone, I was like, oh, I'll get this because like that seems good. And also I've all, when I was growing up, I loved games like Tetris on the Game Boy. Ah, Just yeah. kind of like mind games, just mm. really sort of like simple. Things are dropping, you've got to work out where they're going. So I love that kind of thing. And I got it and I played it for like four years and I got to such a high level and eventually... When I closed my eyes, I could see it in, in my eyelids because I was, I was playing it for like, well, my, for the whole of my commute a day. So like probably like over an hour a day and then and more times too. And I, I started like changing the clock on my phone so I could play more. I started like playing on different devices. It wow. got really bad. So I deleted it. Um, and so I lost all my levels. And then a few months later, I got it back and I had to start from the beginning again and I'm still playing it. But I basically now... I like using it because if I am really stressed out, I, I will play Candy Crush and it, it genuinely feels like meditation. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why, mm. but I listen to music and play Candy Crush like on the tube this morning. It was like super busy and horrible, but I play Candy Crush and it's like something about those colors and shapes just make, I, I'm thinking about my life and like what I need to do for work and like my to-do list. But you know how when you're, you get your best ideas when you're in the shower or like yeah. when you're driving a car. Yeah. I kind of feel like Candy Crush, I've, I've played it so much now that I do go into sort of like a a state of like thinking. Meditation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe. Mm. And maybe your husband's the same. I think it's the same. I think he does it because he gets a, a, he's stressed out from work and the minute he comes back, he, he um, wears his pajamas um, sits on the sofa and there may be something playing on TV. So he may be watching a yeah. football game while he's he's playing on that candy crush. So it's um mm. it's it's that it's a double screening type of situation. He he never really sits down and just plays that game. There's always something else happening. No, I would never just sit down and play Candy Crush. Yeah. Just like in a quiet room. Uh. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> also in the house I've been kind of um playing with the idea of getting a, a like a normal alarm clock rather than using my phone and I think that's definitely I mean that I remember like ages ago uh Rachel Weiss and Daniel Craig announced that they were having like a a technology free bedroom mm-hmm. um is that something would you ever just like remove all devices from the bedroom and just have an alarm clock because I feel like when you wake up in the morning it's the first thing you see it can be it's quite yeah. stressful to have your phone there yeah well, what I usually do is before I go to bed, I leave my phone in the living room and I, I charge it for the night and I take my iPad to my bedroom, which doesn't have um, 3G connection, oh, it's just good. Wi-Fi. 
So I use my iPad to watch something before I go to sleep, but I don't have access to any social media on my iPad. So that's great. Yeah. So I do have it as a device. I also have um, a proper alarm clock. I don't use my phone um, to wake me up in the morning. So it's a proper alarm oh, that I have. So in effect, I don't take my phone in my bedroom, but I do have a few other bits and pieces there that are just not connected to that's okay though yeah, i mean 3G. if you're just like scrolling through twitter before bed that is just not good for you no bad no. i think it's it's the social media that that can uh, drive you crazy and you can be yeah. there all night so i leave that in in the living room but you know i still have my ipad yeah yeah i used to have um i set notifications for my work email yeah. so i would wake up and my phone was like all the new emails like and I oh, wow. they're like on my screen and I don't know why I did that I did that for like a year and suddenly I was like what am I doing mm. but like waking up and immediately being like insanely stressed was just not good yeah um and I, I wanted know. to ask you about that actually because I know that you know you run these successful businesses and you, you know you run a home and you have a family and you've got everything else that's going on and you're jetting around the world do you find it quite hard to switch between them or like when you get home, is it okay? Like, how do you just like switch off from, mm. from work? I have to say that I am getting a lot better with it. When I first started the business, it it was all business. And I, I couldn't, even if I wanted, even if I have ways to do that, I would not even want to switch off. Um, over the years, I've become better because I realized, you know, if I am up all night, and worrying about something work-related, there's nothing I can do out of hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can sort it out when I'm back, but there is nothing I can do yeah. overnight. So I've started being a lot more mindful. And when I come home, you know, I have to switch off. I wear my house clothes, my pajamas. You know, I, I have some candles around me. We have flowers at home. And I just to try to get into a ritual and a routine that puts me in the mindset that, I'm at home now. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the first thing I do. Now, there are days that I'm very, very stressed at work and, you know, candles, switching to home clothes, it, it's not going to change the way I feel that I'm, I'm very stressed. And, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm trying my best. Um, so it's never perfect. Yeah. There's days that I can immediately switch off if I've had a good day. Others that I'm, I still worry about work things or take calls or do my emails. Uh, but it's all about trying to put a ritual in place to mm -hmm. separate one from the other and hope for the best. I think that's a really good way to start is just, you know, changing outfit. Yeah. It's like a really simple thing you can do. Like when you're a kid and you change from like school uniform to home yeah. clothes, it's like a kind of different mentality. So I think even though it's not always successful, like yeah. that's the thing that anyone can do. Yeah. Or like even just putting like different shoes on or like comfortable shoes or just being comfier. Yeah. Changing and from from work to home. Do you ever get that feeling when you come home from a busy day that your brain is just somewhere else? And is there anything you do aside from that to get around it? Do you kind of like watch anything on TV or? When I've had an extremely stressful day, what I like to do is when I arrive at home, I walk around the block a couple of times mm. and just try to breathe and put on a playlist, listen to a favorite song a couple of times and just walk around the block. And, and that gives me a little bit of me time, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes yeah. before I get at home. Um, and it's, it's that 
zone between work and home and that time and that doing something different that prepares me for um, going back home and, and trying to get in a different mode and um, yeah, different way of thinking. I think that's quite, I think um, people always say like commuting is terrible, but actually I've always really liked my commute because it is time. It's like half an hour to 40 minutes of like listening to music or a podcast or like being on your own. It's kind of, it's that bit that separates you from work like from home to work and then from work to home. Mm. It's that kind of just bit in transit, which I think is quite important, unless you have like a terrible commute where you have to go on the central line like 8.30 in the morning, which obviously that's not a very <laughs> nice thing to do. But especially if you, if you could like walk to work in like half an hour, that's mm. like an amazing way of just like switching between the two, right? And I think definitely music is very helpful for that. Mm. Very calming and relaxing. Um, and I know that you work with your husband. So is that, do you have any rules in terms of like, discussing work at the dinner table or anything like that? Have you got any kind of rules you've put set in place to make it an easier transition from work to home? Yeah, it's um, it, it's really hard when you work with, with family because you do tend to continue those conversations at home. Um, and we're still trying to work things out. Um, I am a little bit better with that. And I would say, let's just stop talking about work yeah and we'll talk about this tomorrow things can wait this is our private time um I've, I've owned my my business now for you know for a while for many years and I'm a bit more used to that than my husband um but but it's that it, if I'm at home it's you know what let's just wait and, and sometimes I do have an urge to ask him a question mm -hmm. about oh what happened with that meeting today and I just stop myself and say, I'm, I'm not gonna go into this. That is know, good willpower. Uh, you, you have to do it because then you start talking about things. Next thing you know, you're gonna have an hour's worth of conversation mm. and you start getting stressed out about work-related things. Yeah. So um, if I'm not in the mood to have a one-hour conversation, even like a, even a simple question, mm -hmm. I, I I don't ask it. I That's just good. wait for the next day. That's a really good a good rule. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have time for in this episode about switching off. Um, join us after the break to hear a little quick bit where we talk about our obsessions of the week. And see you then. everyone and welcome back uh now we're going to tell you our obsessions of the week that are kind of to do with the idea of switching off maria what's yours so i am a big fan of forensics <laughs> <laughs> i've watched enough forensics series in in my life and um it's something that gets me to switch off and there's this podcast that i've been obsessing over the last few Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Weeks, it's called Case Files. And it's all about looking into a crime and try to identify clues to find who did it. And I almost feel like I'm an FBI agent in the case, <laughs> helping the team find the criminal. So um, it's something that I like to listen to when I like to switch off. It could be when I'm in a car journey or when I'm back home and I have a little bit of time, I put that on and it really p- puts me in a very different mindset and it helps me to switch from work into home mode. So if you weren't a kind of very successful beauty entrepreneur, perhaps we'd see you in a kind of forensic oh, yeah. I, <laughs> murder I would, capacity. I would, be, I would be an FBI agent yeah. and I would be investigating cases <laughs> all day long, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, nothing like a good murdery crime podcast to relax you. How about you? Uh, when I am having a kind of, if I've got a really stressful week and there's a lot of people kind of like asking me things and stuff, I sometimes just take a few hours, especially if I've got a meeting in central London, I just nip over to the National Gallery, which is next to the National Portrait Gallery, and I just have a quick wander around and listen to music and just like look at paintings 
which is just like, I feel like paintings are just like the opposite of modern life. Hmm. Like these old paintings, which yeah. is kind of like old people having a feast. It's like the opposite of like Twitter. Do you know what I mean? So hmm. I just, I just wander around. I don't, sometimes it's, I'm in there for like 20 minutes. Sometimes I'm in there for like two hours, but it's a nice way of just, it's free. Mm. And it's just, you know, the floor's nice and you can wander around and it's just a nice old building. So that's what I recommend anyone who just needs a bit of um, bit of an escape. It's a good thing to do. Mm, sounds good. So that's all we have time for for this week. Thank Great. you, Maria. Thank you, Lev. See you next time. If you like the Overnight Success Podcast, please make sure you tell a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to leave us a rating or comment. You can find me at Mrs. Rodia on Twitter and Instagram. This is the Overnight Success Podcast. I am Maria Hatsi-Stefanis. See you next week.